Cinnamon sugar toast might be the most delicious type of toast. Some call it a struggle meal, a means of getting by. I'm Felicia Mysick. For almost 20 years, I've been helping people in their pursuit of success, amplify the leader within them to unlock hidden potentials to become change makers in their personal and professional lives. My life started when I decided to make intentional moves. Join me and our Decide Storytellers as we unpack the myths of the struggle and how the decisions we make intentionally lead us from struggle to success. Here's this week's Decide Story. Today's Decide Storyteller is Jody Grief. She will share with us about her recent journey to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. She'll go into detail on why she decided to even climb that mountain of all mountains and also influencing and impacting athletes on and off the court. Jody. Hi. Do you know that an average person, the average person makes over 35,000 decisions in a day? Over 35,000 decisions in a day. Today, I'm, I know, right? Like, but you have to think about it. When you wake up, you're thinking about, you know, combing your hair, brushing your hair, taking a step, what direction of your house you're going to be going into, what's all going on. Uh, That's what we do. But today, I really want to know, like, out of all the decisions you made in your life, how, how did you get down to that one, the one decision to climb a mountain? And of all mountains, (laughs) I'm pretty sure, like you told me off camera, that this is your first mountain of all mountains. Why Kilimanjaro? So, yeah, help me out. Help us out. What? How did you discover you wanted to climb mountains? Let's go. Let's start there. So, I'm going to take you way back. Okay, oh, yes. I'm taking you back to MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Pretty sure it was 2006, and um, that's you know social media is just really starting to rev up. And I had reconnected with a friend of mine from high school when I went to high school in Arizona, and I was only in Arizona for ten months. Um, but it was a teammate of mine, and her name happens to be Jody as well. And I saw that she climbed Kilimanjaro, and I was like, "Oh, this is badass!" Can I say that? <laughs> I see what the rules are. So yes, let's go. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Like, let me see, like, is this something that I could do? So I Googled it real quick and yes, obviously it's, it's a huge freaking mountain, but it was something that was, I really believed that I was, that was attainable for me. And mind you in 2006, I was, um, 28 years old, I think. So it wasn't, Um, I wouldn't, you know, by that time I had only had, um, and I say only by that time I had had four, just four knee surgeries and that was it. So Mm -hmm. since then I've added a shoulder, a back and another knee surgery. So, but, um, I saw that she had climbed it and I was like, Oh, this would be really awesome to do. But at the time I was a collegiate basketball coach and for us, our time off that we get is basically, May and it's and it was actually a little different now because of the way the cal- the recruiting calendar rolls. But it was for us it was it was mainly May, the end of May, like after graduation or whatnot, and then first two weeks of August. And 
in order to do Kilimanjaro, you've got to set aside basically 10 days. And that was going to be really hard for me to be able to fly all the way over to Africa, climb this mountain and then fly right back. Like it, it was going to be hard. So I was just like, all right, well, we're going to put it on the back burner. Right. And, um, it always stuff always came up and I would always see different documentaries and such of people, different people that had done it. And I saw an 83 year old woman who had done it. I saw, um, a young, uh, a young lady, I say young lady, she was, uh, I believe in her early thirties, she had done it three times and she was also over 300 pounds and she was on her own, um, her own health journey and, uh, self-worth journey. And I just thought it was amazing. And I saw a, um, there was a paraplegic, I don't believe he was quad, but he was a paraplegic and he became the first paraplegic to climb without any assistance. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if they've done it, what reason, why couldn't I do it? Like, seriously, why could I not do it? I, I work out, I'm pretty physically fit and everything. What reason do I have that I wouldn't be able to do it? And then I got out of coaching in 2015, moved back up here to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and started seeing more of these documentaries popping up. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. So I put it out there, of course, on Facebook. Hey, does anybody else want to go do this? And I had a lot of people say that they wanted to do it. I knew that it was going to be cost. It was going to be costly. And I knew time-wise that my friends would need to plan this out for, you know, arranging for their families, arranging for their jobs, whatever. And so when it came down to it, it was like, all right, I've researched all of this. Who wants to do it with me? We could do it, you know, plan it a year out. And I got crickets. Nobody wanted to do it. So I kept thinking to myself, like, this is something I really, really want to do. But I was scared to go by myself. And then in August of 2018, I was giving a friend of mine some advice. Uh, she was trying to make a life changing decision and whether or not she should do something. And I just told her, girl, just say yes and figure out the details later. And I literally <laughs> woke up the next morning and I was like, why am I not doing this with Kilimanjaro? May have had a few explicitives in there, but um, so I called my friend and within 24, my friend who is a travel agent and within 24 hours, I had my trip booked. I had the date set for four months from then. Um, had no idea how I was going to pay for it. But I just finally said yes and decided to figure out all those details later. I love the fact that uh, we started this whole conversation with MySpace. Because <laughs> I think there's so many people who discover they want to do something via social media some way. You know, you get exposed to things. Uh, and I think that's the number one thing when it comes down to any clients that I'm coaching or I'm dealing with. It's all about exposing them to something. Now, your whole discovery process is cracking me up too, though. <laughs> uh, so you decided you didn't, you wanted to do this, and then you started just watching, like, was I don't, like now the phone curates content for us, but you were right. straight at home just watching documentaries, right? But these, but it wasn't, I was, this is the crazy part. I wasn't searching these documentaries out. That's what I'm saying. Like now, like stuff was popping up on TV. Like I was randomly watching it on, on Saturday mornings on NBC. You know, there's no cartoons anymore on Saturday mornings, but there was, there's like a um, different uh, 
nature shows and stuff. And I would see stuff on there on talk shows. Uh, one of the talk shows is where I saw the, the lady that was over 300 pounds. And so it was random stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah, I, I think I need to do this. But back in the day, our TVs, I mean, were they listening to us back then too? Like, <laughs> you know, right now I can understand if you say all of a sudden, all I get all these YouTube uh, videos and the ads about, you know, going to Africa keep popping up, but you're at home and you're just seeing these documentaries. That is awesome. So, okay, so you discovered you wanted to do climb Kilimanjaro. Then you had to embrace the fact that none of your friends were like, oh, yeah, you know what? You can do that. I mean, I got your back. <laughs> Basically. Like, we're going to cheer you on. Yeah, we're going to cheer you on, girl. You you go do that. My what? And God bless her. My best friend's like, well, I want to do it, too. And I was like, um, you realize we're not going to have showers or, like, real bathrooms, right? She's like, how long are you going to be on the mountain? Mm -hmm. um, eight days. She's like, yeah, not, I'm not sure about that. Well, you know, well, talk to us about your conditioning because, like, that's eight days. That's a way. You, you know, you embraced that no one was going to do it. And you started giving someone else their advice on how to move forward. And you took your own advice when moving forward with Kilimanjaro. But how did you condition? I mean, literally, that is a mental. I Like, look, I, I was a Girl Scout leader for some time mm -hmm. and these girls all wanted to go camping. And I was like, look, I'm your leader. So I will listen to these girls and take them camping, but we are going to be staying in a lodge. There is no, <laughs> there is no outdoor, no bathroom. Like I, I worked to, you know how many years I worked, girl? I've been working to have a paycheck and I don't want to pretend like I ain't got no money. So I need to know, <laughs> I need to know how, <laughs> Here's the other thing. It's crazy. Like I pay to go do this. Yes. So please tell me the conditioning. What all did you do to get to this point? Like you had, tell us, tell us about no, your conditioning. Here's, here's the other thing. So I am not this, this is the first and only mountain I have ever climbed. Um, it's not like I was this super avid hiker or anything. And I was always out doing these outdoorsy stuff. Now I love to be outdoors, um, I think I've been camping three times in my life, like true tent camping, um, bit, stayed in an RV a couple of times. I went to summer camp, but we had showers and cabins. Um, so it's not like I am super outdoorsy and used to that. I'm, I'm not. However, the, the worries, and, and this is kind of how I've dealt with other stuff. It's like my excitement to go and do something like this overpowered everything, me worrying about where I was going to go to the bathroom, worried about me not being able to take a shower for, for eight days, me not being able to wash my hair or have my eyebrows done. Like I have, like, I, I do my, I do my eyebrows myself and I have, it drives me nuts to not have, not do them. I know it sounds crazy, but then like, that was literally one of the thoughts that went through my head. Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, but I wanted to climb that mountain so much more than I really cared about anything else. It's like, well, I mean, all these other people have done it. So what's to say, like, who's to say I can't do it? Like, why not? It's only eight days. Um, but also one of the things that I realized out there is like, you do what you got to do in order to, in order to get somewhere. You know, I asked a friend of mine who, um, she has, she's a single mom. She has three kids and one of, uh, two of them are, is a set of twins. And I asked her when I'm like, how do you do it? 
she's like, you know, some days I ask myself the same thing. She said, but I figure I figured out every sing, single day. I just do whenever you have, whenever you're put in the situation to have to do something, you figure out a way to do it. I, it's not like I was going to be able to hold going to the bathroom for an entire week. You know, I was going to, at least we did have, um, they call them drop toilets. So it's basically, an, it's, it's a little bit better than an outhouse. Um, but it's still not running water or anything like that or whatever. So you just figure it out. You just, you just do. You just do. Wow. <laughs> you just do. I like you do what you have to do to go. Who did you include in this journey? So one of the ways that I wanted to hold myself accountable, which some people, some people are for this. Some people are, people aren't. I shared it with Facebook. I, I did. I wanted people to know that I was doing it because I feel like when I do tell people something like this, or just one of my goals and I say it out loud and I let people know that this is happening. It gives me a little bit of, of accountability. I also told people because I wanted to see if anybody else out there had done it or knew somebody because I needed tips. I needed to know. I would rather have uh, a friend of a friend giving me advice than random stuff that I'm looking up on the internet, you know? Um, but I went live on Facebook and I was like, Hey guys, got a big announcement. Uh, in four months, I'm going to go try and hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Bye. <laughs> so, um, so I did that and then like training and stuff. Um, I had a couple friends that really helped me out. Some of them were there with me doing workouts and that kind of thing and um, giving me that type of, of, of support along the way. Okay. So you included people at the beginning and they said that they weren't going to go with you. And then you just started conditioning and you, they started seeing that you were serious about really doing this. Um, did you have mentors or uh, did, were your parents heavily involved? I mean, who who helped you mentally get ready? See, and that's, that's the crazy part. So I worried a lot about my physical conditioning. And I knew, okay, I'm going to go climb this mountain. I knew it was going to be mentally tough. It, 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 it was going to be tough. There is... I was not prepared for the mental strength that you need to, to overcome that. Even hindsight, looking at it, I don't know what I really could have done to train my mind for that any more than what I have as being a competitor, strong-willed, former athlete, former coach, that type of thing, because I'm the type of person that when I set my mind to doing something, I, I do my damnedest to get it done, you know? Um, but I was, I'm actually in the process right now of, of writing a book on my experience with Kilimanjaro. And that's the part that I'm on right now is, is talking about how much I worried so much like physically, I was so consumed with it because of, my knees, my back, my shoulder. I was so worried about that part, making it up the mountain. Um, I really did not think mentally what I needed to do uh, to train myself. So did anybody give you any advice? Um, I had uh, ended up having two friends who had, they each had a really close friend that had climbed Kilimanjaro. 
And I had a few uh, text conversations with both of them and just asking them because I was also the other thing I was worried about was getting altitude sickness because altitude sickness can hit anybody. Doesn't matter how good of shape you're in. Doesn't matter. It, it, it does not matter. Altitude sickness can hit anybody. And I was so scared about that being the one thing that might keep me from from making it. Um, and so I asked him about that. I was worried about being cold at night and making sure I had the right gear and snacks. <laughs> snacks are very important. I know. I can't wait. In the book, are you going to include what snacks you took with you? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. So how did you maintain that determination? Like, okay, now, you know, you've already, you, in, you included, you knew that your mind needed to be straight, right? You needed to mentally prepare to get that toughness together. You had two people that you talked with that uh, just reminded you like, hey, little things like the altitude, but how did you maintain your determination to one, actually follow through with it? And then once you're there, how did you maintain that to keep going and finish? Well, when I, like I said, whenever I set out to do something, I, um, I end up almost making a calendar, a plan. I make out a plan. I'm very much a planner. I will make spontaneous decisions such as this one, but I will make a plan as far as how I'm going to get there. And I, that's what I did is I started, I made a plan as far as my workouts, what I was going to do to physically get ready for it. I was going to, um, make sure that I had like, I strategically, cause I had to buy all this gear, boots, all that stuff. I had to, I had to financially plan that out. I had to financially, uh, rev up my health coaching business in order to be able to help pay for this. Um, and so doing all of that and Thanksgiving hit and I started getting a horrific pain in my, it's like right in between my shoulder blade and my spine. And it was so deep and so painful. I tried painkillers. I tried muscle relaxers. I tried massage. I tried acupuncture. I like everything. Um, I, I tried some uh, really random stuff, but I was at a point where like, I don't care. I need like, at that point, it's like, I have got to be able to do this. It was less than a month from when I was leaving January 8th. Um, I went to the orthopedic surgeon. I had an MRI, I had an arthrogram with the dye, everything, nothing. Cause this is the shoulder I had surgery on. Okay. But there was nothing uh, structurally wrong. Um, and about two weeks or a week before I was leaving, I thought about calling my travel agent to ask her what my cancellation policies were. Uh, but I quickly like, like literally the thought ran through my mind and I was like, Oh, hell no. Like, no, like I'm at least flying over there. I'd never been to Africa. It's always been a dream of mine to go to Africa. I am at least getting over there and we'll see what happens. Um, and I was just, it was, the determination to get on top of the mountain is honestly is what really kept me going. Like screw everything else. My knees hurt. I'm going to get through it. My back hurts. I'm going to get through it. Like I'm going to do this. Um, so part of it's just being a little hard. <laughs> so, so I'm taking notes. I don't know if you, you know, if you're watching this on the podcast, you see me keep looking. If you're watching the video, you see me keep looking down because I'm writing things down. Uh, so what I'm going to write down is your determination is because you were hard headed. <laughs> and it sounds like th throughout this whole thing, it's it's really 
your personality is what put, forced you to keep moving forward with this. You know, from discovering it, discovering that you want to do this and your friends all saying, hey, you got this girl, I'll just watch. You know, you still had to figure out how to pull yourself together to actually move and go through with this. Mm-hmm. So maintaining your determination is uh, just being mad at yourself. That <laughs> I love that, being hard-headed. Well, it's also, so I was, I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed and lucky to be surrounded with the group of friends that I do have and to have gone to college and been around the group of athletes that I was around because there's some high level athletes and not only were they, you know, in college at division one, I went to the university of Arkansas, not only were they division one, major division one athletes in itself, but there was also Olympians, Olympic medalists, there were NFL Pro Bowler, future Pro Bowlers. There were future NBA All Stars, guys that went over, uh, men and women that went overseas to play basketball. So these, so some of my friends and the people that were in, you know, I hung out with, are these high level athletes, and part of me was slightly jealous that I never had the physical ability to do that. I've always had the heart and the want and the, and the desire to be able to compete at that level. I just didn't have the talent. I I mean, like seriously, talent will only take you so far. My legs were not taking me to the Olympics. My shooting was not taking me to the Olympics, but I wanted to do something that was physically, uh, strenuous, physically challenging, and that was going to push me outside of my comfort zone. Um, And that was a little bit of the drive, too, because I wanted to prove that I could do something that all my friends had done, you know, had accomplished something like that. I love that because you have that something about you. But yeah, let me switch up better. Being an athlete and a coach does something to your mental state. And I can hear it in all the language that you're, you're using right now. And I love the fact that you you use this when you influence your students and your athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, definitely. That's awesome. Now, do you use this story to help them along or is it, uh, do you do another way of? No, so now like when I when I got back from, from the mountain, um, I, I literally, I literally had hundreds of people asking me about the trip, wanting to know all about it. And I thought maybe a handful of 20 people might want to know, you know? Um, but when I'm getting like messages from people that I went to school with in third grade that I haven't had a conversation with since third grade, wanted to know, it's like, all right, well, I don't want to tell this story 500 times, but I want to make sure that everybody can hear it. Uh, I did a Facebook live and I talked about that and I actually went on a safari afterwards. That was another dream of mine to do. And so um, basically just telling the story, what happened, showing some pictures. You know, I got really sick at the end of of Kilimanjaro um, dehydration. I didn't know it at the time, but severe dehydration started to set in. And so the first two days of the safari, I was or three days of the safari. I was really, really sick. It was awful. I had to go to the doctor in the middle of the Serengeti. So what's next for you? That's crazy, by the way. Like I can understand. I, oh, Lord, I can't wait to read this book. Uh, so how do you evolve from here? You've already you you made it to the summit. Like what do you do from here? What's next for you? 
<sighs> that's, you know, that's a question that I ask myself all the time. Like what's, what's going to be next. Can I really one, do I need to top that? Um, and should I, should I try? Um, I honestly, I haven't answered that question yet. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but as far as what's next for me, I want to tell and share my story with as many people as possible. Um, especially athletes. And I think because that is where I, that's where my heart is. I always want to help and empower athletes and, and, um, helping them understand life after sports and like the lessons that you can take in sports and how they can translate to life after sports. Um, cause the number one, the number one lesson that I learned on the mountain was that it's not about coming in first. It's about winning. And if you're an athlete, that sign, that sounds kind of contradictory. Um, but it's, it's true. I didn't come in. I came in dead last every single day on the mountain. And I was so defeated because in my head, I'm doing horrible because I'm last. I'm the last person to each camp. I am not winning. And it took one of the guides to tell me, Jody, somebody's already, you're not, there's no prize for finishing first. Somebody's already done that. You, you were winning every single day because you finished the day and you start the next. There's no prize for like winning first because someone's already done that. I. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. I can't wait for you to share all that information, but we need to take a second a break. You're amazing. I need to know a little known fact about you. Is there anything that people don't, they don't know about you? That's really hard because I'm, I'm a really big open book. Um, now do you want some, do you want a really random fact? Random facts are the best facts. Let's go. So my name happens to be in the, uh, my name is engraved in um, the, t the, one of the tanks at SeaWorld in San Antonio. <laughs> okay. My dad, my dad worked in fiberglass. My dad worked in fiberglass when I was growing up and he, the company he worked for helped build SeaWorld in San Antonio. And um, when he was working on one of the, the whale tanks, he, put our initials into, into the tank. Oh, oh, now did you ever go and see the tanks? Well, it's like way down deep. So it's not like, oh I my God, just don't see the actual girl. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Have you ever been to SeaWorld to actually see what tank it would be at? Yes. Yeah. My hometown is like an hour South of San Antonio. So. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Here's my favorite question of this podcast. Uh, I need to know your unpopular opinion. And by that, I mean, like my unpopular opinion is Chick-fil-A is not that great at all, <laughs> but I do love their nuggets. So <laughs> so for you, uh, for the um, podcast listeners, Jody is holding up uh, a cup from Chick-fil-A. So my bad, <laughs> it's still my well, opinion. One, you're never, you're never going to like, I like Chick-fil-A. It's, it's good to me. I don't ever put like people that just put it on a pedestal and all of that. Like, come on. Uh, it, it's good, but it's, I mean, I can go without, I've, I've gone without it for like three weeks and that was part of the reason I got it today. Cause it was, it was a little treat. Um, 
I like Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. I love, I get, I usually get uh, the most nuggets that I can or I get their little honey biscuit with a nugget. I do like it, but it's not like, you know, you have to be open on Sundays because I need my nuggets. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's yeah. not that. So here, give us your unpopular, unpopular opinion. Oh, I know there's got to be something, but I, I don't know. That's a tough one. Dang, girl. Now I'm going to be thinking about this like, okay, unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Most people say this, but I think this. Most people's. I don't know. Okay, Gorilla Glue Girl. Have you watched that or followed her story? I hate to call her that because she has a name, but that story right there is quite interesting to me and I've been following it. So what is your opinion? Because I know what the majority of the internet is saying. What is, what's your opinion? I think it is very unfortunate that her hair was stuck the way that was. You do too, don't you, Hazel? Um, however, don't put Gorilla Glue in your hair. Like, why would you put anything not meant for hair? Like, it says, right. like, and I'm, um, to my understanding, she's a teacher. So aren't you te shouldn't you be teaching your kids to read the directions of stuff? Um, I don't know. I, I saw, I did see today though, that she got, um, and I don't know why it's called surgery, but she had to have surgery to get all the stuff out of her hair. There was a doctor from California that apparently, um, called Gorilla Glue to find out like the best way he made his own little concoction or whatever. And they were able to, to, to get it out of her hair. So yeah. glad her name is uh, Tessica Brown. Tessica Brown. I believe she's from Louisiana. You can hear it in her voice when she talks. I'm like, there, there's an accent right there. But yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been following her. The first time I saw it, I ended up liking her. I'm one of the 64,000 people, 640,000 people. I want to say that she has now following her on Instagram. And I like, I started following her. I, I wanted, I, I was invested. I needed to see how this was going to play out. Mm -hmm. And I listening to the internet. I mean, they literally, the internet, the, We're ruthless. the Oh my goodness. It was, well, I stayed off of Twitter cause that was just an angry pool of people. Just how yeah. dumb are you? Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, people like, seriously, do we really need all of that? And I think most of those people that do that are angry themselves. Um, and they got their own issues they don't want to deal with. So they just take it out on other people. Um, but it's just, it's, I don't understand why people got to be so rude and just dude, like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. We're in this, I think it gave a light on like black hair care too, or black women and their hair, because I, I thought about it with, uh, the Olympic athlete who has all the medals, like Gabby, she, Gabby Douglas. Gabby Douglas. She did not have her edges laid. And that blew up the internet. Like everybody's all upset because she didn't have her edges laid. Now this woman, you know, was at her son's house and didn't have her. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I gotta have I gotta still be laid. You know, my hair still gotta be straight and uh fire flawless and you know, Gorilla Glue was her her goal. And I'm just sitting there like how is it, is it 
black hair care? Is it in the black community or is that just women in our society that we feel that we have to be perfect? I, I think it's a little, I think it's a little of both. And especially like, and I understand like if she would have lost her hair and if, if it were really damaged and who knows if it had gotten to the root and really damaged um, because for, for black women to be able to grow their hair, it's, it's not as, as easy and it takes so much longer. And that part, I, I did feel bad for her in, in that sense. Um, however, Again, don't put don't put industrial strength adhesive in your hair. Um, but I think that um, you know, I think the the women that had attacked Gabby Douglas, um, a lot of the the non-black community were ignorant to the fact, and they just they they if if they had never if they. I'm going to, I'm willing to bet that most of them had not been around black women to understand anything about black women's hair. And I think that um, they, they were all totally wrong, but again, you're right. It's like, it's this, it's this double, double-edged thing. That's like, okay, well, I'm out here just, you know, flipping and, and doing my jumps and stuff. And you're worried about the way my hair looks, but then, mm-hmm. You know, I've got to be so worried about having my hair done so people don't talk bad about me. Like, come on, people. Like, it's 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 really not that serious. Well, that's and I hate to compare it to that, but it may just it was a, a, a conversation that led. I believe this the Gorilla Glue led to that type of conversation because it's, you know, how late do we have to have our head hair you know how perfect and i think it comes down to end of the day it's like you it's that whatever is determination in you like what how badly do you want this to be right for you you know and the way that you made your decide story on one and going to kilimanjaro and making that um how can i say being hard-headed i'm using your words to force yourself to do that i mean i think that's everybody does their own things in their own life like this woman wanted so badly for her hair to be perfect that it was like, you know what? Uh, I, I need my edges. I can't go outside without my edges done. You know, that, that's, that's, that is a personal decision. End of the day is a personal decision. And some of us make um, good choices. Some of us make questionable choices. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you got to live with whatever choice you made. And I am so excited that, you know, you're, you're coming out with your life and, and your decide story is amazing you discovered that you you know wanted to uh you discovered that you wanted you were interested in climbing mount kilimanjaro because of a myspace post i love that you embrace the fact that nobody wants to do this with you and you you will have to do it on your own because this is something that a vision was put inside of you um and then i love that uh, your TV was just telling you, like, God was, like, just putting stuff in front of you, like, girl, you need to climb this mountain. <laughs> so, or our TVs were listening to us back then. Um, you conditioned every day by uh, by just the fact that you're a coach in general. Like, that is just your personality. You influence athletes on and off the field or on and off the court. Um, you just keep moving. And I think you're an amazing person for doing that. And I think you're, you are taking your own advice and applying it and showing people who you can be. Um, you included, like your mental state is what you included was you understood that if you didn't get your mind right, you wouldn't be able to climb this mountain. You stayed determined because you went around other, you've been around high level athletes 
And you said to yourself, I need to take myself and challenge myself and go to that next level. And I think that, again, awesome. It, it just is a credit to you. And you are evolving now to tell everybody your story. And I think I'm going to put on the screen for those who are watching how to follow Jody. Um, she is now evolving to be a speaker. She's writing a book. She has a calendar out there that you can buy. Go to jodythegypsy.com. I'm going to have to have you come on again so we can explain the whole the gypsy portion of it. But today's the side story was Kilimanjaro. And please follow her. And if you're watching on live right now, please like it up. Send her some love. Um, write in the comments right now what you think of her and her story. Um, like it, like it, like it, love it, love it, love it. Because she is an amazing woman and we need to watch her. Jody, what is the one thing you would like to leave all of our listeners and the people who are watching right now? Give us, give us, give us some Jody, Jody uh, vibes. You know, give us that hard-headedness that you <laughs> bless part us with. Part of, it, part of it's also impatience because I wanted to hurry. Like when I get my mind set on something, I want to hurry up and do it. And I just apparently I didn't want to wait, <laughs> so I wanted to do it. Um, but I would say that no matter what it is. You know, we always we always look to enjoy the destination. Like I wanted to enjoy that destination, the the, the top of the mountain, right there. I was so focused on that, um, but I also learned to enjoy the journey as well. So enjoy the journey, not just the destination, because when you learn to enjoy the journey, the ups and the downs, that once you reach that destination, it's going to make it so much sweeter. It's going to make it so much more enjoyable. You're going to feel so much better about yourself and you'll have so much more memories and things to look back on um, once you once you embrace the entire journey and not just the destination. All right. Wonderful. Jody. I want to thank you so much for sharing your decide story with all of our listeners and everybody who's watching and listening to this on the podcast. Thank you so much. Please follow Jody, the gypsy .com online. Um, and Jody, I will put all of your links and stuff in the description and you can find all this on cinnamon sugar toast.com. Jody, this, this video interview will be on there immediately. So thank you so much for your time. Sweet. Thanks girl. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to Cinnamon Sugar Toast. To watch the video or leave a comment for our Decide Storyteller or me, visit cinnamonsugartoast.com. Have a Decide Story to share? Leave me a message. I hope you'll join me again next week as we hear another Decide Story. And if you want help to take the next step in your pursuit of success, to amplify the leader within, visit feliciamysic.com. <laughs>